0: We are gonna start today's roundtable session with a conversation with Rahul Chandra, Managing Director of Unitary Helium Ventures. Rahul, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Maureen. Pleasure to be here.
0: So, Rahul, let's uh, get you introduced to our audience. Tell us about yourself and about Unitary Helium. What are you investing in? What is the investment thesis? And so on.
1: Sure, thanks, Maureen. So Unitary Helion Ventures is a new venture fund, which I co-founded with my partner, Bala Srinivas, after uh, investing out of a fund called Helion Ventures for 12 years, which was uh, also an India-focused fund. And Unitary Helion Ventures is a, a fund that we are starting with uh, a more specific focus on the areas that we we have uh, uh, learned more about or uh, understood better over the last 12 years of investing. And we're trying to keep that focus also on uh, India, but we are uh, trying to go deeper into what is what is middle India for us, which is uh, next 400 million Indians. Uh, and mm-hmm. it's been, um, uh, you know, the last 12 years has been a good journey of uh, learning and, and also helping several companies. Uh, and th- those learnings are what we are expecting to put to good use uh, with the next set of uh, founders that we back.
0: All right. How big is the fund?
1: So the corpus is 100 million, uh, Maureen, and the um, uh, the fund is something that uh, um, you know is you know is going to invest in early stage. Uh, of course, uh, typical check size would be in the two to four million. Uh, we are expecting to do mostly Series A's in this, uh, and as you know. Uh, like I said, it's an India-focused fund, so what applies to us with these check sizes is more the ground reality in India. Uh, even though it's fast-changing, um, but that's the check size that is typical for for something that can get us into a Series A deal. Uh, and we expect to build a portfolio of about uh, 16 to 18 companies. Uh, it is a hands-on fund, what we have done in our past lives, which is to work very closely with our startups and founders. Uh, so we want to keep it more narrower. Uh, and have the bandwidth to work with each and every founder and and do our bit to make these companies successful.
0: So, um, Rahul, if you could go back to Helion and give us a few examples of the kinds of companies that you're talking about would be your primary focus in this fund that you already invested in and had experience with in Helion. We know Helion very well. I've had Ashish here before and, and uh, I've known yeah. Ashish for many, many years. So uh, go ahead and, uh, and give us a little bit of an illustration of what you mean by your more focused investment thesis.
1: Sure, Shmana. So, um, uh, you know, as you know, and Ashish uh, has mentioned this, Helion started in 2006. Um, the landscape at that time was very few VC firms which had uh, an entrepreneur a first mindset. It was still uh, an evolving phase of the industry. Uh, the funds that were investing were um, were coming more from backgrounds of uh, fund management versus the more typical Silicon Valley style of uh, working alongside founders. So that I think uh, spirit continues in Unitary as well. Uh, but also helion was a bigger fund we started with a 140 million dollar fund then our second fund was 210 third one was 250 so uh, as our fund size increased uh, so did our areas of um, of coverage and um, you know we also were going through a phase in india where digitization was minimal to begin with um, you know we were still investing in a phase where we had to cater for people booking tickets Uh, through a phone call for a bus. Um, And though that multi-channel customer acquisition stage, uh, you know, we actually saw it change uh, slowly and then very quickly uh, from 2011 onwards. So from 2006 to 11 was a very slow stage of uh, adoption um, and of course the percolation of of digitization in India. Uh, But our thesis of course changed in 11, but what it led to over the last 12 years was Uh, multifaceted. So we were investing um, again more similarly to a Silicon Valley fund, which is consumer enterprise um, and consumer internet specifically. So as you can hear from these, these are fairly broad terms. And uh, since you know both sides very well, which is Silicon Valley and India, uh, you know that the depth that you can get to uh, in a particular vertical in terms of uh, the disruptions that are happening and the kind and range of companies that you could get to invest in in the valley is far deeper uh, and india uh, some sectors have evolved quite nicely, but still it is uh, you know a, a more uh, shallower space, so expansion in multiple areas actually leads to um, some form of dissipation of of uh, a value add that a VC firm could do is what we felt so um, Unitary has uh, had experience in certain areas which have done very well, and the common thread across these uh, these uh, companies that did very well was that they did not run into the classic scale-up wall. Uh, and, of course, we have seen high cost of customer acquisitions in India, um, retargeting of the same middle-class consumer who has, you know, that, that same consumer has been targeted by every company leading to high cost of acquisitions and and of course churn because um, yeah. the the actual customer you know needs were sometimes met or sometimes the customer was just experimenting these were again in the early stages of uh, digitization in india uh, but the the learning from all this is that you know the top 100 million consumers are the most targeted because they are also the you know the, the ones with the deepest pockets in india and of course they are the ones who are adopting faster than the others but what happens in that top 100 is that you do run into um, scale issues Uh, and the um, uh, the cost of acquisition of course sometimes makes it unviable uh, to have that customer uh, you know and then when when scale issues happen then it becomes a double whammy so what we saw is a common thread on what what worked well where scale was uh, you know a well-spent acquisition and companies scale really well was where the companies were targeting uh, the middle part of India, which is the the next 400 million, uh, and mm-hmm. here the you know the the um, the gaps are so wide again, and um, you know the demand is so unmet that customers tend to um, you know to actually seem like an infinite pool, uh, and the challenge with targeting this segment earlier was that of course number one the percolation of digitization which in the last uh, three years since geo happened has been sorted out and i think the cost of acquisition um, uh, is linked directly to the cost of bandwidth and of course the the number of smartphones i think it everyone's very familiar with what's happening in india in terms of the price of, of uh, bandwidth and the price of a smartphone so adoption is uh getting pushed by multiple factors and we feel that uh tailwind on those will continue. Um, there will be more and more uh, spread of uh, of being able to get online. Uh, so this is one, of course, entry barrier which has been lowered uh, over the last three years, which gives us a better access to the next $400 million. Uh, Second so thing is that... Uh, before
0: you go on, Rahul, on this topic. Sure. Um, sure. What are the customer acquisition channels that are producing for this Type of customer: the next four hundred million. Are they searching on Google? Is it a vernacular-speaking customer? And you have to, you know, think about those kinds of points in acquiring those customers. Is it primarily a mobile advertising uh, customer? What is the customer acquisition strategy for these? Um,
1: so it's it's. Um... It's a mixed bag is what we're seeing. It's sometimes a case of uh, a mobile uh, a part acquisition through a Google or a Facebook and a conversion through a face-to-face. You know, So there are some models, especially in education where a feet on street sales force is very important. And we're seeing that to be where higher tickets are involved where uh, it's usually an annuity customer. It's usually a combination of these two. Uh, so hmm. that, of course, drives up the cost of acquisition to plus 100. Now, the second hmm. thing we are seeing change from the, you know, from the 100 to the next 200 is that b to b to C is actually becoming very relevant, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, I was going to this point, but the digital rails that India now has in terms of uh, the identity management or the onboarding, the you know, the cost of those have come down significantly from, the, again, over the last three years, which uh, actually allows you to access your business channel partners to then acquire their customers and bring them on board. Uh, so we are seeing, for example, data companies giving access to credit companies, uh, where in combination, they're then attacking, uh, we're seeing a weather company give weather data to, uh, or, or actually, you know, work with a startup, which is working on insurance products for the rural agri uh, side of the business. So we're seeing these combinations happen. Uh, Banks, uh, traditional Indian banks are opening to digital wealth management companies, their customer base. So we're seeing a lot of these marriages happen in the B2B space, which is then, you know, keeping costs low as well. Um, And um, uh, I think the the third uh, um, channel that we are seeing, of course, that you know, for the lighter content type companies where the uh, sign-ups are lighter, where the, you know, the fees is minimal or zero. Uh, and, you know, churn is higher. We are seeing customers come in uh, through campaigns which are more uh, brick and mortar. So there is some, um, um, I guess, variation or the fan kind of opens up more. Uh, in terms of how the channel how the channel open up for customer acquisitions versus the uh, you know versus versus the top hundred who were you know Facebook was uh, one of the most cost efficient channels and here you have to keep costs low. Um, we have also seen one company we have invested in where uh, uh, the the partnership with a mobile phone brand has actually been very productive in customer acquisition because there are also there's also a shift in um you know the the market share of the phone brands and the you know the business models of the phone you know phone companies are now uh participating in growth beyond selling the hardware so right. the 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 layering of the subscription models on top of the hardware cost then allows several software companies to go uh, and access the customers that you know 30 percent market share uh company in india can then give access to. So, so, you know, surprisingly, some of the cost of acquisition we are seeing gets dropped to as low as uh, two to three dollars of a paying customer. So we are okay. seeing significant drops in uh, customer acquisition costs.
0: And geographically, are we talking about non-major metros now?
1: We are um, absolutely. Uh, uh, we are talking about the next at least uh, 50 towns and cities uh, where, you know, especially if you travel there, you're seeing the change happening. Um, there is uh, um, certainly a mindset that a VC needs to change when they think about a customer in these parts. Um, but when you go there, you know, I actually just, I came back from uh, a tier two city, probably, and it's, uh, it's not a state capital. Uh, and when you when you go there and talk to you know younger people uh, there is uh, even a higher felt need for accessing some of these services uh, which uh, you know which have not reached these parts you know of course the flipkart story of you know retail infra not being present in india but doing the digital leapfrogging uh, mm-hmm. for e-commerce in india also then translates to you know several other products and services and again, the acuteness of that problem uh, is higher when you go to these, uh, you know, the next uh, 15, you know, from 15 onwards to the 50th city. Um, and purchasing power, of course, is concentrated uh, in four areas. So a bulk of the wallet share goes to agri uh, or or food consumption. Uh, yeah. So surprise, you know, you know, not not as a surprise, but you know, entertainment as a share of the wallet is far lower here. But food, transportation, mobility, uh, and spending on you know financial savings and investments, those dominate, uh, and seventy-five percent of the wallet share then you know then is represented in these three four buckets.
0: And so, what kind of application areas are you focusing on? Is fintech the top one?
1: We are um, absolutely seeing the marriage of the size of that opportunity. And the um, adoption as well. So the two trillion dollar opportunity, which is probably the biggest in India, is fintech. And yeah. um, but fintech also marries itself really well. As I was mentioning, we've seen a data company or a weather company marry itself to an insurance tech company or to a, or a credit company, and we're mm-hmm. seeing those marriages happen very successfully. Or you know, at least the the initial uh, look of it is quite uh, encouraging. But FinTech does represent the, you know, if you go through the common slice, that's the yeah. widest uh, opportunity pool that we're seeing, yes. And, you know, healthcare tech is, you know, is seeming to be a very large opportunity. But, uh, you know, we're seeing pockets of innovation, uh, you know, and, you know, but the, the theoretical construct of marrying, con- you know, computer vision with, um, you know, with patient data. That that combination seems very promising. We're seeing several AI companies address that. But we're not seeing, um, um, you know, as of, you know, compared to FinTech opportunity, the timing of that seems to be, a, you know, a year or two uh, further into the future.
0: Yeah. Now, um, can you synthesize the role of GEO? GEO is making huge investments with the assumption that they can give out their Uh, device and services for free and monetize on data, so this what you're talking about revenue sharing of subscription services and so forth, how much of that has kicked in gear for GEO as in is GEO making money of these subscription services and so forth? Is the GEO story going to end well by, by your assessment?
1: it's 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 a, it's a very future oriented question uh, but you know as uh, uh, as market leaderships go you know and um, and what we have seen traditionally uh, owning the market obviously changes the rules of the game and we have absolutely seen that where the other players um, have scrambled in the last few years to play by the new game in telecom in india uh, and Jio is making those new rules as, as the market leader. Um, yeah. You know, I think the, um, again, it's, it's early days, I think, for the marriage because last few years we have seen them take market share from everyone. Uh, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, unlike Western uh, markets, uh, also in telecom, the story is about not so much taking market share as much as it is creating a new market. So, you know, what Geo has really done, and and that's, uh, you know, that's, again, a focus for us, is to create a market which did not exist before. So, um, you know, I think the, um, you know, the, the coffers are deep, and I think there is a lot of firepower. So we'll have to watch this space for a while to see the end story. But, you know, I, I think market leadership is certainly a good place to be for the next few years.
0: And do you have a company in your portfolio that has been able to leverage the geo channel effectively yet?
1: Across the board, actually, Smana. It's not uh, singular. It's where we have actually seen that, and you would have seen this, heard this from other participants from India, where yeah. the um, vernacular story and the data access um you know it you know economists just carried a story of you know the time pass economy and you know of course that has been enabled by um you know at at the ground level by the cost of data so you know that is well understood um but from our portfolio even where it is not so much uh, you know the time pass economy but you know again um building um better travel apps for the next 100 million, where you know their um, you know priority modes of travel, you know, which is not the plane, not the not a flight, but a bus or a train, uh, yeah. or uh, you know, or or a shared um, taxi company, where the first thought is, oh, the car is too expensive for me, but I'm okay to sit billion in the, on a bike. Uh, you know, some of those models have uh, are transactional economies, which are getting driven by. By the geo adoption, so it clearly the effects we are seeing are far and wide, and we have you know we are seeing data. Yeah. Sorry, I missed that. Could you repeat, please?
0: I think it's very exciting. What's happening is very exciting. I think it's a, not only a tremendous opportunity; it's it's really exciting to see the. You know, the population completely changed its modes of behavior and adopting new ways of engaging with services and efficiency being introduced, access being improved. It's really, really superbly exciting.
1: It's mind mind bending, actually. And we have waited very long for this, so it's finally happening. It's, you know, the power, the sheer power of seeing so many people adopt. Uh, at the same time, it's just uh, you know it, it's you know we we just uh, tell ourselves that we wish it had happened sooner, but it's happening now, so it's it's very exciting point at this time.
0: Yeah. Whenever it's fine, as long as it happens.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> so, um, do you want to talk about a couple of companies that you've invested in that you? are particularly excited about what are they doing, what value proposition are they providing, and, and what are they experiencing in penetrating the market?
1: Sure. And I'll talk about a mix of, uh, you know, we are, uh, you know, we are saving some of the new names from from Unitree uh, for a formal announcement uh, later uh, in the year. But, you know, I'll cover uh, some of them without the names. And of course, the Helion portfolio Uh, that I'm managing is, you know, is also doing really well. So I could talk about some of those experiences. So, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, I could start with Topper, uh, which is a tech company out of Bombay in Mumbai. Mm -hmm. And the um, the business is really um, a learning app, which is built because, you know, schools which have 50 students in a class personalized learning is not even something you know which we can talk about in those kind of classrooms uh, where you know 70% of the students are being left behind concepts are not being revisited and you know uh, you know personal assessment is something which is very hard and physically difficult to do and um, you know with personalized learning apps like topper um, the app is learning with every question answered you know, where the concepts need to be reinforced or revisited, the power is being shifted over to the students where, you know, they're able to then access uh, multiple times without worrying about uh, getting, you know, standing up in class, Um, concepts that, uh, you know, that they could ask in a live class. And this is, again, the power of bandwidth, right, Mm -hmm. Of of a geo, where three years back, we, you know, we would traditionally think of this as, you know, running a live class. Uh, how many people would have that kind of bandwidth, et cetera, et cetera. But now, um, you know, a large part of the learning at Topper is happening through live classes, you know, live doubt solving. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, after school, students are back in, uh, you know, an online classroom where, you know, a high quality teacher is actually addressing. And this is again with the background of, you know, what the student has been doing in the past uh, through their best, you know, engagement with the app. So you know, this is a good example of again how uh, the adoption and uh, app interaction is is now blending between what is what is live and what is uh, y- you know what is a low bandwidth engagement uh, and what is a high bandwidth this engagement. So
0: we, this is a company that's selling to schools.
1: They actually sell directly, but uh, you know it's, it's a, a personal subscription. The parent pays typically oh, okay. uh, for for the year, and it, it's sixth grade to twelfth grade, and then for specific exams in India. Uh, but we're seeing, you know,
0: uh, um, uh,
1: so the you know the telling number there is the you know the engagement that people, you know, the the students are spending on the app. Um, the time that, uh, uh, that they're spending on it, you know, uh, one easy way to describe it, it exceeds Instagram time spent. Um, so we clearly think that this is more interesting or more useful where students are getting to, unless they're opening both at the same time and we are doing something wrong, but we are seeing high degree of engagement uh, mm-hmm. per day and it's daily usage, uh, multiple hours uh, spent on the app, you know, and, and accessing, um, uh, you know, apps over continued periods. So the drop-off rates are lower, uh, and there is very high degree of daily engagement. So the... So Rahul, I, have, uh, um,
0: I have a question on stage uh, in how you're investing. So take this example. Um, what stage and with what proof points does an entrepreneur need to come to you for you to want to invest in something like this?
1: Sure. So the um, um, unitary, um, uh, you know, the unitary parameters that we look at, um, you know, we feel that, uh, you know, there is, um, you know, far more angel capital and far more, you know, institutionalized seed capital now available in India from the last Seven eight years, um, so in terms of um, you know Series A VC going into seed, we generally like to stay in the Series A zone. Um, the expectations you know in that round for us is that uh, the company has already raised uh, half to a one million dollar round, um, and they have a product with some traction. So what we are trying to also do. Uh, you know, more of which we had not done earlier is to actually rely a lot on analyzing the customer engagement data. And the idea is to then predict the, um, you know, the single most important question uh, at a high level, which is the product market fit. And what are the trends towards that? You know, so we could be looking at apps which are um, trending towards a better fit or actually diverging away from it. So the main idea for us is to get to or get enough uh, engagement data that we can then use to predict what kind of engagement are we are we seeing. Uh, you know that helps us in two ways. One is you know it, it kind of confirms the size of the round, uh, i.e. you know if if this is a um, you know if this is still at a stage where we'll need to um, you know keep moving towards finding that fit. Or is this at a stage where we can start pressing on the pedal uh, and mm-hmm. both need different kind of investors or different kind of and and different kind of rounds so it also helps us plan the round better and then also plan the you know the next one year for the company a little better but but yeah. they, you know an ability to look at traction yeah is is important so for looking
0: us. more at engagement to access as the product has found its sweet spot and then you can throttle it with uh, the the customer acquisition money to to get it in the hands of more people. But what you're looking for is really the product
1: fit. Yes, and mindset-wise, we go in thinking, okay, less experimentation on the product, more more company building. So we shift the focus from product to to company building if if the fit is, is there or near term and and otherwise we we do budget for you know more experimentation till we get it right
0: yeah okay very good well um it's you know we should keep talking and you know, we should check in, in in from time to time and see how this is all moving and and so forth but this was fascinating and uh, and and really thrilling to see what's happening thank you for sharing your thoughts
1: no, thank you for having me, and you know, hopefully next time we talk, we'll have lots of uh, successful startups, more and of course, example. India continues to yeah continue, continues to throw more Flipkart type stories uh, in the next few years.
0: Well, yes, absolutely, but also you know maybe stuff that is a bit more reasonable from a um, you know capitalization point of view, because uh, <laughs> I, I do believe that if it's, if the whole. Scale game is about overcapitalization. Then not too many companies would be able to do that. Whereas I think with 400 million consumers to tap into, there needs to be a lot of companies who come out of that market
1: opportunity. All right. Absolutely. No. Yes. Thanks so much, Man. Thanks for having me, and uh, wish you all the best for the next 500.
0: Thank you.